Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5, 6, and 7. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. And it's our hope. And this, this night we're going to be speaking on faith forward and then that plus sign, virtue. Adding virtue. It's kind of like a spiritual math. Now, I've read some things about this and researching this. And they, one person said, it doesn't really need to be in order. And I thought, I thought, you know, a lot of people have a lot of things to say. But the Bible says, add one thing to the next thing. And then add the next thing to the next thing. Now, I'm not the brightest star in the sky, but that makes sense to me, okay? That's why I don't cook very well. You've got to do it in just the right order, right? So, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. So, speaking of virtue, three friars, like monks, they were banished from their monastery because... They broke the rules. There's a bunch of rules at the monastery, and they were less than virtuous, okay? So these, these three friars were kicked out, and so they decided, you know, we're not going to do well in the monastery. Let's start a business. So they went to a town, and they, they said, let's open up a plant shop and sell plants and flowers and stuff. And so they, they bought a bunch of, you know, you know, kind of awkward, you know, and, and you know, less than normal stuff and and put it into a big shop and and their business was thriving and one day a woman was shopping at the friar's store and while she was strolling down the aisle she had a small dog one of those little dogs and uh, a large plant reached out grabbed her dog and ate it (laughs) so needless to say the woman was quite upset and uh the friars refused to believe that one of their plants could have done such a thing. So the woman goes and tells all her friends, right? And soon everyone in the town comes there and they've got, you know, their pitchforks and they've got everything else and telling the friars to get out of town. Now, everyone in town came except one dude. I mean, this one guy that just kind of hung back. And his name was Hugh. But the friars said, we're not leaving. So the townspeople, after a while, they stopped their protests and went home. You know, another day, a couple weeks later, another woman was walking through the friar's shop and she had a, a pet poodle with her. And as she looked the other way, one of the plants reached out and ate her poodle. Same thing, all of the townspeople came there and they were protesting and told the uh, friars, you gotta get out, except for this one guy. This one guy, Hugh, just didn't come and wasn't part of the protest. And the friar said, no, we're not leaving. So the townspeople eventually went home. A few days later, preacher, does this joke have a punchline? It's coming. Another woman dared to take her puppy into the floral shop, and you know what happened. She held her puppy tightly in her arms, but you know what happened. The plant reached out, grabbed the puppy, wrestled it from her arms, and ate it. Now, this time, the townspeople were extremely upset. They gathered again outside the friar's store, except for that one guy, Hugh, yelling and threatening bodily harm to the friars if they didn't leave town. But the friars said, we're staying. So the citizens gave up and began to go home. But this time, Hugh showed up. 
and he's like a big guy. He's built like the rock, right? So he comes up there and he's got the, the, the ammo that's crossed in front of his chest and everything. And he walks up to uh, the friars and he looks at them and he says, get out of town now. And so what happens? Well, the friars, the guys look at him, take one look at him. They pack their bags and fled the town, never to be heard of again. Well, there's a moral to the story. The moral of the story is this. Only you can prevent florist friars. <laughs> so we're dealing with faith forward. Add virtue. Add virtue. And the reason that God wants you to add these things is so that you won't be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord. So that your life will begin to yield fruit in God. And that's the reason that these things seem to be set up the way they are. The first thing is virtue. And the Bible says, giving all diligence. Now, the word diligence comes from the Greek word spude. Sounds like you're spitting, right? But it means speed. I like in the Old Testament, in the book of Ezra, this guy who's a king named Darius. He said in Ezra chapter 6 and verse 12, he said, I, Darius, have made a decree. Let it be done with speed. I like that. And that's kind of what God says to us. Add to your faith, giving all diligence. Make speed. Do it now. Like, like that Nike, uh, that Nike uh, saying, just do it. Well, God has something kind of like that, right? Just do it now. You know, you ever tell your kids to do something? They're like, I'm going, but they're not. But what are you trying to do? Tell them, don't do it, do it now. Now, this is all, and, and we want to reiterate this. This is not works to get you saved. This is all built up on the foundation of your faith in Jesus Christ. Like you go to a restaurant, you get the main meal. You get the, you know, the, the, uh, the everything farmhouse burger with the pork bellies and the, and the, the egg on top. And they're like, would you like to add a dessert with that? So that's what we're doing. We're adding the dessert with this, with this, or they have a burger that has Krispy Kremes, donuts as the bun. I'm not kidding. I mean, it's probably called, uh, there's a, there's actually a restaurant. I think it's called like the heart attack cafe or something. And they have some stuff, right? So it's built upon the foundation. Jesus spoke to his disciples and he says, who do people say do I am? Who, are, who do people say that I am? And, and in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, it said, Some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elias, Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Jesus, you could be any one of these people. And then he asked a question. He said, But whom say ye that I am? And, and Peter, who wrote this epistle later, he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus said something. He said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, which means, well, we'll get in that in a moment, perhaps. That thou art Peter, and upon this rock, what was this rock? The declaration of faith that Jesus was the Christ. 
That's, that's what we're adding to tonight. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You see, when we give our life to Jesus, something happens. And this is why uh, it's important to realize this. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he or she, if any woman be in Christ, she is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And then it says in the next verse, and all things are of God. When we become a Christian, we don't compartmentalize. Well, this is my church, you know, and then this is my home, and this is my Saturday, and then this is my Sunday. No, when you become a Christian, when Christ lives in you, that's when you start adding to your faith because God begins to deal with you about taking. So we want to look at three things. Adding action, adding right action, and adding excellence. And virtue has been described as different things. The word that Peter uses is arete or aratus, and it means manliness or valor. Uh, and it's also uh, translated as moral up, uprightness or just excellence. And so we're going to look at the different ways that that could be uh, perceived. But I, I wanted to share, and I've probably shared this before, when I was a young Christian, uh, the first thing you do is you add action, right? You start to do something. And Peter was a man of action, right? Peter was always doing something. And I remember when I became a Christian, uh, I was in the Marine Corps, and the guys wanted to go to the bar. And they needed someone to drive that wasn't going to drink. Well, they found me. I was a Christian, right? So they're like, oh, designated driver. And so I added action. And I'm like, okay. I'll, I'll drive you guys to the bar. I say, preacher, but that wasn't very smart. I'm not saying it was smart. I'm saying that I did it, okay? I was a brand new Christian. I was trying to do something. I thought I was helping, and I never thought this would be an illustration. You know, you do things in your life. You never thought it would be an illustration years down the road. It was completely idiotic of me to help these people with their addiction, but I did. So I drove into the bar, and I sat there, and they gave, like, free Cokes to the designated driver. So I'm sitting at the bar completely sober, which is not much fun, and drinking like Coke. And uh, after a while, the Holy Ghost began to deal. You see, this excellence and this virtue that comes in your life, it's not a church thing. It's a Jesus thing. And so I began to realize this action wasn't working, so I upgraded and I said to the guys, I said, after a while, I said, I said, look, I'm not going to go hang out at the bar. I don't like that. We didn't have cell phones. I said, look, give me the keys to your car. I'll drop you off. And then I'll go back to the barracks. Whenever you get ready, call me at the barracks phone because we didn't have cell phones. And then I'll come pick you up and I'll drive you home and everybody will be safe. And so I thought that that was the right thing to do, right? So I thought I was adding right action. I thought I was upgrading. And that worked for a little while. Do you know what the, the virtue and the excellence in my life didn't let that go? So after a while, I still didn't think that that was working. And what was happening? I was adding virtue to my life. And uh, I went and talked to one guy and I said, I, I can't do it anymore. Why? And I just, I said, well, I'm just not going to do it anymore. And, you know, they, they said, you don't care about us and all this other stuff. You know, you, that's all right. You know, doing the right thing is simple, but it's seldom popular. So it's not easy. 
Okay, so that's why adding virtue, and I didn't make any friends, but you know what? Really, I did care for them, and I loved them, and that was the best thing that I could do to help them. But you see, the first thing about adding virtue is starting where you are. And that's why I say, with, with all diligence, do something. You know that boys don't play with dolls, right? Well, I know it's 2021, so maybe there's a case for that, right? Well, in the 60s, conventional marketing was that boys would not play with dolls. Parents would not buy their sons dolls, which is traditionally, I know it's traditionally, it was a girl's toy. So this company Hasbro didn't use the word doll. They used, they made a doll for boys, but they didn't call it a doll. They called it an action figure. And that was the precursor to what we know today as G.I. Joe, the real American hero. Well, they flew off the shelves. They had uh, the America's movable fighting man. Rocky was the Marine or the, the soldier. Skip was the sailor. Sorry, that's not as cool, right? And then Ace was the pilot. Well, they did that because they knew that boys wanted Action! And I, I used to play with them. They're like 12 inches tall. And they had like, you could put an M16 in them and stuff like that. And they had helmets and boots and everything. But you dress them, they were like a Barbie. They could go date Barbie on their time off, right? They were like, just, just look like my sister's Barbies, except they had combat fatigues. This was back in the 80s, okay? But God wants action in our life. When we get faith in our life, faith spurs us on to something else. And the book of James says, faith without works is dead. Being alone. It said like the body without the soul. Faith without works is dead. Being alone. So when faith comes into our life, it begins to gain action. It's an action word. So uh, this man, Peter, that wrote to us, he was a man of action. And, and Jesus had a sense of humor. So Jesus would give people nicknames. So Peter's name wasn't Peter. It was Simon Barjona. So that was his actual given name, okay? So if he had a driver's license for his donkey or whatever, it was Simon Barjona. It wasn't Peter. But who named him Peter? Jesus did. And Jesus is hanging around this guy. And it says in Mark chapter 3 and verse 16, and Simon, he surnamed Peter. What does Peter mean? A piece of a rock. And uh, maybe Peter was stubborn. I don't know. Like you ever see someone with like a cement head? They're all mixed up and thoroughly set. You know, they've got like a cement head. So I can just imagine him going, Peter, you rock. Maybe he was faithful. Maybe he was rock solid. But, but there was a nickname and it stuck. Now, Peter was a man of action. And, and when it came, he was God's action figure. It was Peter that walked on the water. Not, none of the other disciples did. It was Peter that's like, hey, I'll do it. He was always adding to his faith. It was Peter, I'm not saying it was the right thing, but he took out that sword and tried to cut off the head of the high priest's servant whose name was Malchus. He got his ear, right? But he didn't get his head. He wasn't going for his ear. He was going for his neck. The guy ducked and ping, but Jesus stuck it back on. I think it'd be pretty cool if Jesus like turned it upside down. It's like, don't do that. Turn it upside down. Anyway, I don't know. But Peter was a man of action. But Peter also knew that action 
wasn't enough. You see, there was a time where Peter uh, rebuked Jesus, and there was a time when Peter denied Jesus once, twice, <laughs> three times, and even began to curse and swear that I don't know him. So this virtue, it starts out with action, but it has to grow. And God allows us time to grow. There were some other people that hung around Jesus. And if you heard of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, but Jesus had a nickname for them too. You know what he called them? Boanerges. Well, what's that? The sons of thunder. Now, that sounds like a wrestler's name, right? Okay, we've got Stone Cold Steve Austin in one corner. And in the other corner, we've got the tag team, James and John. The sons of thunder. Well, that actually means children of violent rage or anger. They were hotheads, right? So Jesus wasn't walking around with these holy people with like, you know, halos on. These people, they, they were ready to go. I mean, these were fishermen. They were ready to fight. Have you ever met a commercial fisherman? They're some tough folks. And there was a time when Jesus was going through Samaria. Now, Samaria had kind of a false, it had hybridized religions. So they had been settled when uh, uh, the Jews were taken out into captivity. There were other people brought into Samaria. So the Samaritans kind of had a hybridized religion. So they didn't really look at Jesus as the, the Messiah. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 9 that they would not receive him. Luke chapter 9 and verse 53. Well, James and John, the hotheads, you know what they did? Well, they were going to take action. And they said, when James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did? Well, they were men of action. Now, I'm not saying this action is right, but here's the thing about virtue. You've got to start Somewhere, And that's why the next thing we add is what? Knowledge. Because it's got to be the right thing. But you see, action isn't just that what God is looking for. You know that I have a daughter and sometimes we'll say, honey, that's not acceptable. I mean, action isn't what God isn't just looking for us to take action. He's adding us to not just add action, but add the right action. So after Peter denied Christ, so you have four Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But what's the next one? The action acts. It's where all of the action takes place. Where does the action take place? Because the Holy Ghost comes down and fills men and women, and then action takes place, the right action. So Peter, instead of denying Jesus Christ, after he gets filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, they uh, said, all these people are drunk because they were speaking in other languages and everyone was looking around and they thought they were just like, you know, a bunch of people at the bar just going, <laughs> but they weren't drunk. And instead of Peter denying Christ, Peter took the right action. And see, virtue is not doing what everybody else does. It's doing the right thing. So the Bible says Peter stood up I like this, with the eleven. And he lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words, for these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Jews didn't get drunk at that time of the day. 
But this is which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So Peter was adding virtue. And he was standing up and doing the right thing, even though it might not have been popular. And if you read Acts, the next chapter, what is he doing? Instead of standing up, he's going to a lame man in the same name of Jesus, lifting him up. So virtue and that moral uprightness, it begins to grow and continue in our lives as we develop. What about James and John, the ones from Luke? Well, they want to call down fire and consume people, right? Christianity does not spread by the sword, okay? Jesus doesn't want us to kill people that aren't Christians. Uh, Jesus doesn't, uh, that's why he said, Peter, put away your sword. (laughs) That's why he said, James and John, you don't even know what spirit you're of. Well, what, what causes Christianity to spread? Love, change, and the power of the Holy Ghost. So notice what Peter did. When Peter got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he stood up. That's what's missing. If you face pressures in your life, the problem is the Holy Ghost isn't there. And if he's there, he pushes out those pressures that are facing you because he's greater. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. And when Peter got filled with the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden, everybody else wasn't as big as the God that was in him. And when James and John got filled with the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts, they had a different attitude. So the Bible said they went back to Samaria. What were they doing? Calling down fire? Well, it says in Acts chapter 8, when the apostles heard, which were at Jerusalem, that that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John. So here comes John. Who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Isn't it interesting? The first time they're praying for fire from heaven to consume them in Samaria. But then they got the right attitude and they said, you know what? We're going to pray for the fire of God, the Holy Spirit, to come down on them. And it says... For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. So the Bible says that not only is virtue just doing something, but it's having that moral uprightness. It's doing the right thing. What's the right thing? Man, get people filled up with the Holy Ghost. You know, a lot of times you can say, well, this person needs to change. This person needs to change. I can tell my car all the things that it needs to do, but what I really need to do is have a big old honking engine in there and a lot of high-performance gasoline. That's what I need. And the Holy Ghost is exactly that for the Christian life. And the virtue of our God is given to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible even said when Jesus did something, he said, He hath done all things well. When the proverb or when the parable talks about uh, the servant that did the right thing, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. So these things were played out in the actions of the people who were following God in virtue, in excellence. You know, they, they say it's manliness. If you ever say someone's got a man up and so it's not being a man, but it's, you know, having to do the hard thing. 
And I know that it's say it of boys and girls, but they say you have to put your big boy undies on. You know, you have to do something like, I don't feel like doing that. You know, maybe you have to correct someone at work, or maybe you have to do something that you don't like. But you gotta put your your grown-up clothes on and actually have to go handle it. That is adding virtue. It's adding the right thing. And then you go on from there, and what you're really doing in your life. When you're adding virtue, you see, when God comes into your life, he touches every part of your life. He touches what you listen to. And I remember when I got saved, I used to watch, I used to, now this is a long time ago. And I don't think I've seen it since then, okay? But I used to watch Baywatch. And it's not like sitting by the dock of the bay watching the tide roll away, okay? It's not the old song. It's like a bunch of bikini. It was a, it was a lifeguard show. And I thought it was pretty cool. And, uh, but there was a lot of, you know, uh, there was a lot of body and not many clothes, you know, on the body. So I'd never had a problem with watching it, but then I gave my life to Jesus. I said, preacher, but it's not wrong. Well, but it wasn't virtuous. And I didn't know what was going on, except I continued, I was a new Christian, so I'd watch Baywatch, and I was just like, why am I feeling? There's no one around. These people have clothes on. You know, they're swimsuits or whatever, but I was like, there's nothing wrong with this. And you ever try to talk yourself into something that you knew wasn't right? And I was talking to myself probably out loud. And then you'd try to be like, you know, you'd watch, you'd be like, kind of, well, I'm just going to close my eyes for this part. You know, I mean, all, no one's done, no one else has done this. Okay. Just me. Okay. Well, praise God. Uh, all you folks, but you know what? There's a lot of movies out there. Oh, it's just a few parts. Preacher, you're stepping on my toes, but is it virtuous? Because, you know, my daughter, she'll hear one thing and she'll ask. She'll hear a word, she'll ask. And kids catch stuff so quickly. And once a kid's innocence is gone, it's gone. You can't give it back. But virtuous. See, virtuous is an excellence. What did you do? I quit watching Baywatch. I mean, all those ladies are probably 60s right now, right? They probably got duct tape and Botox and everything else trying to keep things up, right? Things are sinking, right? And... uh, (laughs) Guys, too. Okay, David Hasselhoff is not young anymore. I've seen pictures of him. So, but when God comes into your life, and this is not to pick on anybody, but man, if you don't feel the Holy Ghost deal with you on everything, it's that faith in because Christ is in you, and he's a holy God. And uh, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 10, that ye may approve things that are... Excellent. See, really what virtue is, is just a standard. You get a little bit higher standard. And the Bible says that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. And that's really what virtue is, that you begin to just apply the standard of Christ to everything that you do. And uh, to even where, you know, I would do things that like, you know, if I would use the restroom... And I don't know if COVID, but I would, I heard a minister say this and I would just wipe the seat, even if I was in a, uh, in a, in a restaurant or something. And I would wipe the seat and uh, I've cleaned the bathroom. My daughter has to go to the bathroom sometimes really bad. And it's just like, you're racing for the nearest one. And so he went to one in the Dollar Tree and it looked like it was hit by a nuclear bomb of disgusting. But they had cleaning supplies in there. So what'd you do? Well, she had to go first. That was, you know. And then after that, I just got the stuff and I'm scrubbing and wiping the toilet down. It's like, why would you do that? Virtue. So wherever I go, I want to bring things up. 
And I'm not saying that that's a salvation thing. It's just a standard. I was like, I cannot believe that. It looks like, it looks like it's from a third world country, that the Dollar Tree. Well, hopefully after I get there, it looks a little bit better. Free cleaning supplies that are in there, right? So, but it's because that excellence that's in you goes with you. I'm not saying that you need to do that. I know that, look, don't try this at home. This was done by a professional stunt driver, okay? But you, you can't accept just any standard. Christ adds virtue to our life. And we begin to say, you know what? No, that's not, that's not gonna cut it anymore. The level has to go up. And that leads us to the next thing, I'm out of time. But when we add virtue, Say, you might get confused. You say, what is the right thing to do in this situation? Aha, but then we have to add the next thing. That's the knowledge of God. And that's what the word of God and the spirit of God will guide us to do the right good thing by his word so that we can have confidence in our actions. So add to your faith virtue. Uh, lift that standard. Take some action. You know what? If, if it's not right, God will work with you. God doesn't expect you to be perfect. You've got to start somewhere. I just shared stories from myself to basically share that, look, it's not about being perfect, but it's about let God into your life and let him influence your life and take you up. Add to your faith virtue. And it ends out with just an excellence that is in your life. Let's, uh, let's dismiss in prayer. Reverend Patterson, would you dismiss us in prayer? God bless you is our prayer.